It's July 24th, and this is the Cream City Pacers Weekly Rundown. Hello, all you beautiful, strong, fast, independent runners. You guys are so strong. Everyone training for their marathons, everyone training for their half marathons, everyone just staying in shape, even though it's this is the easiest time to be lazy during COVID. You guys are keeping it up. You're keeping at it. I love it. Boom. There's your affirmation for the day. Before we jump in, I just want to give a quick shout out to uh, the sponsor of the show, Mimosa Breakfast and Brunch. They are now open at both locations for dine-in and still doing takeout. I know I prefer the takeout, but man, Avasoli and his team has been running a tight ship for dining and you guys. It is a comfortable setting. They're doing it right. They have a new system set up. It is great. People are loving it. And uh, so go check them out at their Franklin and Brookfield locations. And of course, you can always do takeout. And speaking of Mimosa, let's bring our, let's bring our co-host in, Apostoli. Welcome to the Weekly Rundown. Hey, Alex. I'm super excited for this Weekly Rundown, by the way. So I just, I went it's on. It's good to uh, be here again. It's always good to have you. Sorry for cutting and you thank off. You, and, thank you for your, and thank you for your kind words about Mimosa. I mean, I know sponsoring is one thing, but you, you, you say it out of your heart. There's no script. I appreciate that. <laughs> I don't know if that was a dig in me right there because I need scripts for stuff like this, and I didn't. So I don't know if you're joking. But check this out. So I was on my run. No, I, no joke. I was on my run, and I'm like, you know what? Like, Apostoli and Mimosa were the sponsor of our shows when we were doing, like, our Pacer episodes, right? We would, like, have a nice, like, two-minute plug. But since we've been doing weekly rundowns and maybe just keeping them just weekly rundowns, uh, Did you just announce something? Maybe, oh. but either way, there's no like mimosa love anymore. So I'm like, hey, let's give them, let's give them the sponsor spot today. Thank you, and um, you know, mimosa is, it's gotten where it is because of this show. Yeah, you know, this I know. show, <laughs> this show, but also <laughs> this, 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 it has become. Uh, what it is because of all the support that we get from the community and today's guest I have to give a shout out because he basically I would say we were sponsors of his uh, of his service uh, without without us ever having to pay or anything he's been one of the bigger promoters so I think he came ahead of you when when it comes to promoting the show in front of a mic and uh more about that later but uh yeah i'm excited for this guest yeah jonathan is an awesome guy he's the lead pastor at southbrook and he does much more than that we have a great interview with him today but before we get into that announcements 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 i just want to say thank you to everyone who not only registered but ran the mke run for justice whoop us at Cream City Pacers and our friends over at Fear MKE um, could have been more grateful for you guys and the donations and signing up. And I know I was only a t-shirt pickup one day, but you know, getting to put some faces to a lot of your names who support the show. And I know I talked to a lot of you, whether it's Strava, Facebook, Instagram chat, it was uh, it was great meeting you guys. So um, if you haven't picked up your shirt or if you missed 
shirt pickup. No worries. Our friends at Mimosa, sponsor of this podcast, are letting you guys pick up your shirts for the next two weeks at their Brookfield location, which is 275 Regency Court, Brookfield, Wisconsin, 53045. You can find this in the show notes. And they're open every day from 7.30 to 2.30. Just make sure when you go in, you respect the restaurant and wear a mask. Uh, well, it's definitely appreciated, but it's not required. It's Waukesha comedy. Wear a mask. <laughs> wear a mask. Yeah, wear a mask. I know, you know everybody that everybody every single person that has been coming to pick up shirts so far has been wearing a mask and they've been very respectful. Now, also it's it's a very convenient location. It's just down the street from corners off the off the expressway there. So uh, I know a lot of people think, hey, Brookfield. Oh my God, why'd you have to take t-shirt pickup to Brookfield? Well, one because you missed the two days that we, that we gave you to pick it up within the city limits. Uh, but also it's it's like 20 minutes away from the city, not even 15. Hey, hey grab some brunch if you're, if you're out. I think it's worth it. <laughs> yes, grab some brunch. Uh, also, next week we want to feature you guys on the show. And by that, if you ran the MK Run for Justice, we uh, want to feature you. So record uh, 15 to no more than a minute. So 60 seconds of, you know, maybe why you ran the race, who you ran the race for, what the race meant for you. What did you think about on the run? I know for a lot of us, you know, we we're coming together for, you know, for this cause, but we all have, you know, different reasonings and why and what it means to us. And when we're along this journey, so send us a quick clip uh, at to creamcitypacers at gmail.com. I'm going to try to send like a phone number or something you guys can call, but the easiest way is you to just record on your phone and email it to us at creamcitypacers.com. We're going to try to feature as many of them as we can next week. So please do that. That'll be really fun. Now, on to some more updates. Look at we're back to like what we started this as, is the Milwaukee race update. <laughs> the Lakefront Marathon is officially canceled. This is where you're supposed to go wah, wah, wah. Yeah, I know, especially because... We're training for it. Are you going to run it? Are you done training? That's like the big conversation. Like I got Ryan and Ryan over here is saying like, I'm done training. <laughs> I got every, some other people going, you know what? I'm going to still keep training. But if I'm not feeling like running that 18 miles, I ain't going to run that 18 miles. And then there's some people who are like still training, like my wife, full on. So I think I'm falling in that middle bucket, but I want to run it. I'm going to run it. Cause you're gonna run it. We're both. Can we run procrastinate? It. Can we procrastinate? Can we procrastinate on it? And we kind of like you could push it, but you kind of miss out it. on the fun. So here's a little update. I'm on, I'm on Lakefront's uh, uh, Facebook page. So there's three options for our participants. Option one is you can participate in the virtual race this year. There will still be some prizes. They say so. You know that's what we'll probably do. You can defer to 2021, or you can have a majority refund. Uh, I'm assuming with the majority refund is they've already had to spend some of their money on whether it, whether it may be some stuff for the race or permits or whatever they probably had to secure early on. So that's why you get some of your money back. So those are your three options. So you can head over to their website. They're going to send out an email in August for you to choose what option you want. Okay. And then the other big thing that happened this week was... Ba, 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 ba. 
Um, and this comes from our, our good friend of the pod, Roy Pirong, because I haven't seen this anywhere else but Roy. Uh, he was officiating the world road record attempt at the 50K, uh, which was held at the Pettit Center starting yesterday. So the world record was currently at two hours, 43 minutes and 38 seconds. And from this photo, there was 109 laps to go. And there was one, two, three, four, five, six, maybe. I don't really know what's going on. I'm going to say five runners that were attempting to break the record, which is pretty sweet. I love when the Pettit, like so many things like this happen in our backyard. Like when Zach Bitter broke the record last year for, you know, six days in the dome. And it's just like an underappreciated event that comes in um, Milwaukee. But here's a race update. Da, 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 da. So Kyle Matterson is 22 seconds ahead of the world record pace with less than 35 minutes to break the world record. We'll see you in a few miles, Roy. And then his follow-up post was great effort by Kyle. He ran the last 70 laps solo he came up short though kyle you came up short but that's okay that's just another reason to keep training and going for it so those are the two big things that happened in milwaukee this week yeah don't don't give up on your dreams don't <laughs> give up on your dreams i mean we became do you think it was easy for us to beat an olympian when we did the slow mile challenge it was not but we but we kept at it and we trained hard and we beat uh molly seidel of Wisconsin, we, we hate to beat uh, a local uh, runner, but you know we had to. And you got you just gotta follow your dreams, man. You you can't can't give up on it, right, Alex? Yeah, dude. I mean, there was times during that slow mile challenge where I you had to pull me back. You had to pull me back. I had to you know take a step back, literally, even though I couldn't slow down a step back. <laughs> okay, 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 okay. That's funny. I like it. Even you're bringing up the joke now. I thought that was, I was supposed to do that. Even you're hooked on it. Remember, we're all- forgot about it. We're Olymp- forgot about it. You've changed, Alex. We're You've Olympians. Changed. We're Olympians. Okay. Our running update time. This is the part of our podcast where Apostoli and I talk about our marathon training. And the best part is that this portion of the podcast is presented by Thunderdome Running. As I just said, Apostoli and I are training for the now canceled Lakefront Marathon. Will we do the virtual option? Only time will tell. Will we push it off a few weeks? Maybe for Apostoli, but I don't give up on my dreams. Um, Our friend Matt Thull, who owns Thunderdome Running, hooked us up with custom plans for our training. And let me tell you, I had a good week of training so far, and I'm hoping I can crush my long run this week. Matt puts on programs, whether you're a couch to 5K, a mile, half marathon, marathon. He will create a custom plan for you. Uh, to learn more, head over to thunderdomerunning.com. Speaking of running, Apostoli, you and I got to run in earlier this week. It was great. I had a I had a blast. I haven't run with you in a long time. Uh, not in this capacity, at least. And we had a beer afterwards. We had a few beers afterwards, actually, on the roof garden over here it was a great run it wasn't it wasn't that great in terms of um actual your performance plus there was a big discrepancy between we never really discussed this yeah let's talk about this on the pod let's talk the map on my garmin yeah let's let's talk about your map and your map 
on your on your device like you were using strava that day so the i was maps using my look exa- i was using you were using your, your garmin you were using your new like phoenix my, my phoenix gold yeah, my plated f- watch <laughs> i was using strava on my phone because i didn't have my watch so it was in my it was in my flip belt and we ran and i'll say you were stopping your watch mine was like auto paused on walking Okay, you can finish talking. But, the rega- story. but regardless, we didn't stop that much. We didn't walk that far. The maps are identical. Identical. Yet, identical. Yet, mine was at five miles, and yours was at 6.2, exactly at 10K, actually, for, for, for those not familiar with the metric system. <laughs> so, your pace, what was your pace? My pace was. 10 minutes something, yours was 8.45, which we, 8.45. we were not doing 8.45. So then I was like, who was right? Who was wrong? Maybe there's a middle ground. So I went on um, Under Armour's Map My Run, and I mapped it out, and it said it was like 5.8. <laughs> so then Map My Run, like, threw a distance that was in the middle of ours, so now I don't know what to believe. I don't know what to believe. To yours. I don't know either. You know, I just had... I. We haven't plugged them in a, in a while, but I just recently had a lot of troubles with my Phoenix. And if you know about Garmin's and Phoenix, Phoenix is like the top of the line. And you would expect it to perform a lot better than, you know, all the other ones. And actually, Alex and I were doing the slow mile challenge. Alex was wearing a watch that was how many years old? It was like the entry model from a few years ago because you were in the process of buying the new one. So you had your old watch. This is like a six-year-old watch or something. Right, Alex? Am I correct? Yeah. Mine was zigzagging all over the place. I mean, it's, it was going from one street to the next block, even though I was going straight. It would just zigzag like crazy. And Alex's was just spot on. Right, like, So there, I had an issue, and I came in contact with... Uh, performance running where I bought the watch from uh, just a little bit under a couple of years ago and they hooked me up they hooked me up with a brand new watch they took my old watch everything they hooked me up with a brand new box uh, watch and of course they communicated with Garmin and Garmin is the one that 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 did it but they went out of their way even on a Sunday they came actually not Sunday it was 4th of July they opened up the store so I could go and drop my watch off uh jess and travis with their with the kids in the car so shout out to pro our good friends at pro who's travis trey (laughs) (laughs) by the way this is wow 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 well okay i'll say this trey you know i know your name uh we actually at the restaurant we buy uh we buy uh our maple syrup from this place out in Burnham Wood called Little Man Syrup, and the owners of that are Jess and Travis. And I just reached out to them today, and that's why I made that mistake. And I'm not editing this out from the show yes. because it's a legit. I am not. Suck this on is that going one, on the Trey. Show. Take that, Trey, right to your face. <laughs> that's funny. Now we'll, well, we'll it, know. Anyway, it was. Well, now we'll know if Trey listens to this. So, like, now it's kind of a call out on Trey. Now we're putting yeah. it in his ballpark. Like, hey, yeah, we messed up, but let's see, let's see if you really know. Yeah. So Trey, <laughs> if you if you are listening, message me a little middle finger emoji. That way I know that you know. 
Cute, cute. All right, so okay. let's jump into our interview today. Apostoli, I want you to do a little, little introduction here because you guys are really good friends and I don't want to steal any of your thunder. Jonathan Masirian is just, you know, salt of the earth, as they say, as actually that, that term comes from Jesus. Uh, it's in the Bible, I believe. And um, Jonathan has been a big promoter of Mimosa, big supporter of Mimosa and what we do at Mimosa. Him and his wife, Lynn, uh, and his family uh, have just been those kinds of people that when you see them walking into the restaurant, that there's this great energy and kindness, but non-pretentious. It's not, you, you often see people that you know, pretend to have that, that aura, but he legitimately has it, him and his wife, Lynn. Um, I can't thank him enough for everything that they've done for us in the community. Uh, basically, Jonathan's just in Sunday, on Sunday sermons, he'll tell people, hey, if you're, if you don't have where to go for breakfast, go to Mimosa after this. He's just an amazing, amazing human being. So, uh, and for many other reasons that you will see on the show, you'll hear his opinions regarding some very, very touchy subjects nowadays. Um, you know, Black Lives Matter, social injustice, uh, and policing. So, yeah, enjoy this wide-ranging conversation with none other than Jonathan Misirian. Jonathan, welcome to the show. Thank you, Apostoli. It's good to be here. Alex, thanks. Uh, I look forward to being on the Cream City Pacers podcast. Jonathan, we appreciate you taking the time to be on the show. I know you and Apostoli are both, you guys are in the Franklin area, and I've heard a lot about you, and we've been talking about having you on the show for a long time. So I'm super excited for this conversation. I know Apostoli is even more excited. So thank you, thank you, thank you. Yeah, glad to be here. All right, all right. So let's let's jump in. I don't know much about you, so this is fun. Sometimes when I know too much, I like skip over the questions or just kind of you know assume everyone knows everyone's story. But I really don't know your story. So tell us a little bit about um, your running right now. Maybe how you started. Uh, just a l- little background and about who you sure. are as well. Yeah. So my name is Jonathan Masirian, uh, and. Um, My background is Armenian ethnicity. My grandparents were born in Armenia. They uh, immigrated to the United States in 1916, 1917 as infants with their families. Families all met each other in Philadelphia. So my father is first generation Armenian American. Uh, I'm 47 years old, just turned 47. I'm a pastor uh, here in the Franklin area at a church called Southbrook Church. It's a non-denominational church serving around 1,200 people or so in the Franklin area. And uh, I, so I'll say this, I never wanted to be a pastor. Like my goal in life was to work for the CIA when I was in high, yeah, when I was in high school, uh, that's all I read about. And when I was in high school, I met an analyst for the CIA and he got me connected to their student services division. So I went off to college and I was a history, political science major in college, minor in philosophy. And, uh, but then God changed my life. Uh, and, uh, here I am a pastor for the last 20 or so years, but I love running and this is something that's new for me. Like I just started probably seven years ago. Uh, I was 30 pounds heavier than I am now. And I'm like, something's got to change. And so I dropped, uh, about 50 pounds and then uh, a friend challenged me to start running and I've never run. I, I never ran anything in my life. Like I didn't know how to buy running shoes. My my first hat that I wore was like my neighbor's fishing hat that he gave me, and I didn't know anything. 
That's but super I ran, funny. I, I ran the um, uh, Rock and Soul in 2014, and uh, yeah, the Summerfest Rock and Soul half marathon, and that was my first race ever. And from that point on, it was just like magic, just hooked. That's super cool. The Rock and Soul, uh, rest in peace, no longer, is yeah. one of the cooler races that we had in town. Tough that it was always like end of June, which is like the hottest time. Um, but running up the Hone Bridge is probably the only time you A, ever get to do that and will ever get to do that um, since the race is over. I always thought that was so cool and so much fun part of the race. So how was that as like your first race? Do you remember any like, oh, high I... points? <laughs> or yeah, I remember... Points? What I remember is at like the, you know, 12.6 mile marker. So, I mean, you know, the end is right there. You could see it. You could smell it. There was a photographer and he said uh, on the side and as I ran past, he said, hey, you just got four more miles, just four more miles. And I was so mad because I was so exhausted and mentally spent. That is is like the worst as as, um, when a spectator is like especially during a half marathon like you only have 0.1 miles to go it's like i know and don't say that say like way to go (laughs) oh that's hilarious that's super funny so you're new to running well we're new to running too i think i started running obviously like 2014 so about the same amount of time we've all been runners which is which is pretty cool so how did you get into running where did that come in I never ran a block in my life. I mean, I'm six foot four, 240 pounds. And, you know, runners are small people or seem to be small people. But uh, (laughs) uh, I just love it. There's something about, for me, it's early in the morning. So I'm up at 334. And to be able to do five, six, seven miles at four in the morning when you're by yourself and it's quiet and it's cool. And there's just a feeling that you, you can't replicate anywhere else. Mm-hmm. And uh, from that point on, after that 2014 Rock and Soul Marathon in June, then uh, I just I just like had a fire lit under me. And in the next three years, here's my claim to fame. In a three-year window, I ran 10 half marathons and two full marathons wow. in a, just a three-year window right there because I, I couldn't get enough of it. Like I just loved it so much. Wow, that's that's big commitment right there. That's a lot of races. That's a lot of running and just in general. That's super cool. So you said, you know, you lost 30 pounds. Was that kind of the start of it? Did, were you looking for like an outlet, you know, from work and your life and you found running to be it? Because I know that was kind of the case for myself. Yeah, I think it's a combination of many things. Like uh, my, you know, my whole life is connecting with people. And so that need to recharge, be by yourself, uh, just think on your own and uh, not have people around, feel better about yourself. All, I mean, all those things, all those things for why we all run, probably. No different yeah. from anybody else. <laughs> yeah, and if you're not a runner, you just are kind of like, what? you can do that stuff without running. What are, you, what, are you, what are you using running for? I mean, that's super cool. But so, you know, being a man of faith, you're the lead, pa- lead pastor at, at Southbrook. Um, like, how does running help you, you know, through being a pastor in your work? Yeah, that's a great question. Do you find a good connection there? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's a there's a thousand, I think, links. I mean, when you think about the fact that I never went from running and overweight to being able to run, you know, 10 halves and two fulls in a in a 36-month window, you know, to, to, to do that, you just don't do it overnight. It takes time. It takes discipline. It takes hard work. It takes failure. It takes encouragement of other people. I mean, all of those things. Uh, you know, I ran with a team of friends and, and that motivation I needed. I mean, all those things that are just are true to make a good runner. It also applies spiritually as well. 
Like it takes time, it's effort, it's failure. You need other people to push you, other people to guide you and different things like that. And then I think as a, as a, as a pastor, you know, so much of what we do is, um, is coming along, uh, suffering, difficult, broken situations. And there's a, there's a lot of mess. Like we all are carrying that mess. And so that need to recharge, take care of yourself, get refreshed, make sure that you are physically, emotionally, spiritually fit so that you can care for others. Running is to me just the best outlet for that. That's an excellent point. And I, I get to see that a lot too. At, at, you know, we do something that is very public. Both of us, we interact with a lot of people and many times we have to uh, change the attitude that we want to have. Like there's mornings that we wake up and we don't really want to do anything or see anyone, but people, you have to get on that podium and preach, right? And mm -hmm. you have to do it uh, exceptionally. And you always do from what I hear from many of your, uh, many of the customers that I have at Mimosa are also uh, come to your church, quite a few actually. But what I've seen with running is that when I, have run in the morning i'm able to look in people's eyes a lot better i'm mm. able to connect a lot better and that's you said in a very good way that you're, you're taking care of yourself first before um uh, before taking care of others no that's a good point obviously we had dr corker on um who has the uh, ab corker foundation and it's all about mental health and he talks about that same thing right before you can help other people you need to really commit that time to yourself and as runners i think that's important and we do that you know and it's not just running right for everyone it's a little bit different it's time to brainstorm it's a time to clear your thoughts it's time to reset and recharge and get back to your body so i love that i absolutely love that about about running so let's talk like favorite runs. So like, do you like on Sundays before you're about to go into church and, you know, are you, is, are you running in the morning on Sundays? I used to run before church service and uh, I felt like what, because I have a lot of anxiety when I'm about to go up and speak. I have anxiety issues when it comes to public speaking. So, hey, that's my whole job, right? So <laughs> uh, what I found was that by running before church, uh, it kind of balanced out the uh, adrenaline issues. By the time I was up to church, uh, I was more mellow and ready to go. However, we started growing as a church, and at some point we were doing three services back to back to back. And what I found was if I run in the morning, by the time that third service comes, I am beat. So what I have, <laughs> what, And that's not good. So what I have been doing, as soon as church is done, uh, I, I'll come home and then I'll run then. And if I can get a good hour, then that almost balances out again, the adrenaline rush and all of that. So that's my routine now is running after, after the, after work in that sense mm -hmm. on Sunday. That might, that might be more difficult. I'd be super tired. It's hard to run like after a day of work or something like that. So way to make, way to make that switch. Yeah. I feel like that would be a good, like three back-to-back -back services after a run would be, uh, would be pretty tough on your body but you know you, you said you bring up anxiety as um you know as a public speaker in, in, in a sense and we do this show every week and we don't have an audience we now we used to sit across from people but now we're over zoom and it's you know it should be way more relaxed and i still you still we still get the jitters i'm speaking for apostoli but i'm talking about myself um so it's super funny so how like as you've gotten bigger because at the beginning you said 1200 you know 1200 people um total right so that would be throughout like all three services or like each yeah, and, yeah. service 
Okay. Yeah, the reach the reach would be 1200, 1300, probably a normal Sunday for us is around 1000 people. That's incredible. So how like how have you grown yourself like as a pastor to um as you've got a larger a larger um you know following of the church have like you changed the way you do things or are you still like with the same focus and mentality you've always been yeah that's a great question uh, there's probably two things that are going on at the same time one is i have to uh change everything about how i do my work to be able to manage a, a you know a church that's at large in terms of Uh, I can't be as hands-on, I can't know anyone, I have to delegate, I have to empower. So I have to be able to change a lot of those structural things. On the same time, the things I can't change are those values, the consistency, the the ethos that makes us who we are, caring for our community, those types of things. And so it's a unique balance there that we want to make sure that the culture doesn't change. But at the same time, I've got to constantly give up more and more and more control, power, authority, and delegate that to others so that we can continue to be effective. So I know outside of the church, you have a pretty active role in the community, and one of them is being the police chaplain of Franklin. Uh, So I actually didn't know what that meant until I Googled it. So can you tell us what that means and kind of how you got into that? Yeah, sure. Uh, So probably it was about 12 years ago, uh, our church was doing a service project in the city. We went to the city of Franklin and asked them, uh, the police department, hey, what can we do to serve you? And they said, our garage is a mess. Can you sweep it out? And so we grabbed a team of people and we swept it out. And then we did some weeding and then we brought them food. And then about a couple of years after that, they said, um, we, don't, we don't have a chaplain. Would you mind being our chaplain? And so a police chaplain is, I call it the best worst job there is. Like it's the absolute best in that you get to be able to care for police officers. You get uh, behind the scenes on everything that goes on in the city. But it's the absolute worst job because you only get called when there's a tragedy. So it's that student that dies over uh, Memorial Day weekend in a pond and the family is devastated. The police officers don't know, you know, they're there to handle a crime or to handle a, you know, a, 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 a legal issue, but they don't. They're not necessarily equipped in terms of caring spiritually and socially for, um, you know, the community. And so that's when they call the chaplain. So it's it's death by suicides and tragic car accidents and um, the Sikh temple shooting a couple of years ago, uh, officer involved shooting. I mean, there's so many different things that we get called uh, on and for. I absolutely love it, but it's the absolute you only get your phone only rings when there is something terrible that happens. I don't know if that makes sense. Hey, Jonathan, you did receive an award uh, recently from the, it was a statewide award, I want to say, right? Yeah, so the uh, International Conference of Police Chaplains, the state of Wisconsin, uh, recognized me last year, 2019, as the chaplain of the year for the state of Wisconsin. So that's, uh, that sounds, uh, it's very impressive. To our listeners, I'm sure it's very impressive. To myself, it's not a surprise at all, knowing you. Uh, you absolutely deserve that. But what impresses me the most about you, Jonathan, is that your, your compassion seems to seep in everywhere. You have a very well-rounded, uh, I don't know how to say it, uh, you're, you're, you're heavily opinionated, but then again, you don't take any sides. And that's probably what would everybody asks, what would Jesus do? And I think that's what uh, Jesus would do nowadays in a world of division. So 
one of the things we recently did with uh, with Cream City Pacers here and also in association with uh, Fear Milwaukee, which is a uh, running group. For, it stands for Forget Everything and Run. It's a tour, uh, primarily geared towards uh, people of color in Milwaukee. Uh, def- not, it's not exclusive to them. They definitely invite more people uh, to join. So we did a race called, a virtual race called uh, Run for Justice. It was an 8.46K, uh, okay. symbolizing, of course, the uh, eight, 8 minutes, 46 seconds of George Floyd's uh, suffering. Uh, and one of the things that I've noticed is that you, you're very much involved, even though you're out in Franklin, you're very much involved with the inner city. Uh, you were the one that recommended me a bunch of, uh, places that we could donate money, uh, through our welfare Wednesday program at Mimosa. In addition, you recommended that I read Evicted, uh, which is a book that also Alex recently read and we're just completely shocked, uh, by what, what we, what, what's happening in our city. So how does it, it's, this is a big question, it's a big subject, uh, but if you could tell us how it has been for you to both empathize with the Black Lives Matter movement, but also be somebody that represents and caters to the police force. Yeah, that's a great, great question. I mean, uh, on my shelf behind me, I have two different mugs. One's the Franklin Police Department mug. And the other one says, listen, lament, and legislate. And uh, that's produced by an organization that's uh, very socially active uh, in partnership with Black Lives Matter. So, and and both are there for a reason because, you know, I I think there's a false dichotomy that says you have to choose one or the other. Or if you align yourself with one, then you're against the other for somehow. And uh, I, I just, I don't buy that. I think that um, we are more complex and we have greater abilities than just alignment that's a polarity alignment. So, you know, I, uh, I, my brother's a police officer. My wife's grandfather was a chief of police. And so we have that blue blood in that sense in our veins. My advocacy work with the Franklin Police Department and area police departments is something that I am super passionate about. I love it. I'm a strong advocate of our police, without a doubt. But that does not exclude the fact that we can't open our eyes to the reality of uh, the African-American experience in our country. You know, when, it, when we look at, um, you know, the Declaration of Independence, 1776, that all men are created equal and have, uh, you know, inalienable rights and stuff like that. I mean, that's 150 years after slavery came into our country. And we're, and, you know, just the denial that's woven into the fabric of that by stating that, that does not make me anti-American or not patriotic. It's just stating reality. And, um, and so because of my history background and understanding to some degree, you know, the way that we were taught kind of almost a fake narrative of how our country was founded with all these great Christian ideals. And the reality has been, you know, the, the two twin evils that birthed our country were the, you know, what our country did to the Native Americans and then how we built the country on the backs of um, African-American slave market. And so through that has developed just a lifelong sensitivity towards um, those who are oppressed or those who are marginalized. And I think I'll just say this, if I can, I mean, it flows right from my theology. It's not a political statement. We see Jesus very clearly aligning himself with the poor, the marginalized, the outcast, the overlooked, the left behind. And so following after his example, in my opinion, has to drive you 
uh, to the same um, people that uh, Jesus was driven to. So within your community, with it's your friend group or, you know, with the members of your church, like, um, are you, how are you guys or are you guys like getting involved in the community? And if our listeners would like to get involved in the community, whether, you know, let's not be torn, let's support everyone here. Um, are there any ways that you give back to the community that our listeners can do as well or anything that you recommend um, them to do to take part? Because I think that is one thing as well as people are want to get involved, want to help, uh, you know, and don't really know what to what to do. Yeah, something that I've learned and it's come about through my friendships with African-American Central City pastors are uh, this is not a time for suburban uh, white uh pastors or people to come in with the plan of how to fix things. That's very paternalistic and uh, detrimental to the work that's already being done. And so somebody shared with me, I think, a real strong paradigm, which has guided us, which it's these uh, five L words. So it's listen, learn, lament, and then lean or lead. So maybe it's four. Listen, number one, learn, and then lament, and then the last is lean or lead. So those first two are the most important, right? Let's listen and learn. Like let's let's take the time to read the books, take the time to build the friendships, take the time to walk with someone to fully understand what's going on from their perspective and from you know their life experience. So listen and learn are crucial. That's years long. That's reading the books. That's developing those friendships as are intentional efforts. But then that lament is kind of the crucial point. Lament is a term we don't often use. It, it's that it's a it's like a sitting in grief almost. It is a, I can't believe that th- this is how the world is. Things are not as they should be, and uh, and leaning into that and embracing that then drives you then to want to lean in or start leading somehow and by making a change. And, and there's a difference between responding out of guilt. And responding out of conviction, if I can say this, responding out of guilt is like, oh, I can't believe, uh, you know, this is, you know, systemic racism in our country. So I want to do something because we feel guilty about, you know, this new reality that so many people are becoming aware to so many white people are becoming aware to. Uh, But the problem with responding out of guilt is then we just do some nice things and then we're done. Like, okay, I, I gave money to this or I did this and now I did my part. And, and the, the challenge that I want to do, like for our church and for my community, for my friends, is let's respond not out of guilt, but let's respond out of conviction. Hey, there's been some systemic injustices going on here. And so because of that conviction that all people truly are created in the image of God and have equal value and worth, and God loves all people regardless of you know sexual identity and race and creed and all those types of things, then out of that conviction, let us now move forward and find ways to partner and build bridges and be uh, allies to the people who are already on the front line doing this work. That's thank you for sharing that. I, I think that's a powerful takeaway that, you know, myself, anyone can um, <clears throat> look to those four L's and start implementing. And, you know, it's a really good point on the, on you know, on guilt, on acting on guilt. I think in a situation like this or in any situation in life, whether it be small, that, you know, once you do an action, um, the guilt kind of goes away and, and you're done. And I, that is a very, very good point and eye-opening, I think. So I really appreciate that. These are just some fun questions to kind of wrap up our segment. So 
If you could run with one person and bring them to Milwaukee, who would it be? Jeez. Oh, 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 <laughs> I'm glad no one's ever asked me this question because <laughs> I never have an answer or the same answer. It depends on like the day and the minute. There's like a thousand people I guess I would love to. Okay, if you um, okay, so Friday afternoon. How about Sunday after your church services? Who do you want? Who do you want maybe to come see your last service and then you guys go out for a run? Sure, there was a retired pastor. His name is Eugene Peterson. And uh Eugene Peterson was like a pastor to pastors. He wrote uh, probably 20 books about being a pastor and uh he retired and moved to the mountains of Montana and died a few years ago. But uh, he's always, I look to him as one of my uh, pastoral heroes in terms of just someone that truly had an inward life that was powerful. I would love to run with him. Eugene Peterson is his name. Awesome. I love it. It takes a second sometimes for the, for the answer to come. Okay. So we're all about music on this show. I love, I love music and I'm always looking for new stuff. So what is one song you listen to to get pumped up before a race oh anything by metallica from that <laughs> was it their black album in 1991 you know enter sandman and uh that'll yeah that'll get me fired up without a doubt right there exactly oh, the, exactly uh, the answer you would expect from pastor so yeah exactly what i was thinking oh yeah enter by San, uh, sandman by metallica oh and I'll, I'll run through a brick wall after hearing that song. <laughs> I love it. Okay, so this isn't a question as more of a funny commentary. So your profile cover image on uh, Facebook is the Nighthawks uh, fo- uh, painting, which for you that don't know that is that classic corner diner in New York with uh, some people sitting around eating milkshakes. Well, I just saw that the New York cartoons, they have an Instagram page, Hmm. posted a photo of it redone uh, Hmm. to talk about COVID. So I don't think you, I don't know if you can see this, but it's everyone that was inside is now sitting outside at different tables with a mask on. No one's inside anymore besides the uh, um, like waiter and he has a mask on. So I thought, wow, how the times have changed. That's uh, super funny, super funny. There are... uh dozens of variants of that painting uh, with star wars characters simpson (laughs) characters and all sorts Uh, you can literally find dozens of variants of it but yeah edward hopper nighthawks and that's funny all right well that wraps it up those are some good answers and you gave some you know some great advice and i greatly appreciate it i know our listeners greatly appreciate it and um taking the time today to talk to us was was awesome and getting to know you and uh we hope to see you soon. Abasoli, would you like to say anything before we hop off? I want to thank Jonathan again for being on it, uh, on this podcast, finally. And also, is there anything you would like to promote? Is there, would you, do you, do you promote or do you encourage people to follow you on Facebook? I know you, you put quite a few videos on there, inspirational things. I, yeah, I'm sure. I, I mean, I'm, want, I try to be act. Do you I want to more be Facebook friends? Do you want more uh, friends, friends? Not friends. Not friends. Followers. 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 Yeah, I, Facebook, Twitter is just fine for me. That's I love them all. Jonathan so. Mysterio. Awesome, we'll, we'll include the link in the show notes. Where, do not uh, add. Do thing. not add Jonathan as a friend, unless you meet him. <laughs> <laughs> Jonathan, where can people learn more about Southbrook? 
Uh, sure. Just go to our church website, southbrookministries.org. It's all one word, Southbrook Ministries. Uh, we're active on Facebook as well. So, Cool. Well, yeah. you guys, go check out Southbrook and follow Jonathan for some inspirational videos. Jonathan, we appreciate the time today. Thanks, Alex. Thank Apostoli.